The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. So there was this young kid, not from, lived in Jersey, but he went to Talmud Torah. In those days, we had Talmud Torah, Sunday school, and then night after public school. I don't know if they still have Talmud Torah. Not many, anyway. He had Talmud Torah, and he, and he had this rabbi. He wasn't religious, but he had this rabbi that he had very, very, very close to. And he was into Rosh Hashanah. He was into Rosh Hashanah. He liked Rosh Hashanah. So he would come, Rosh Hashanah day, so between Shachris, I don't know how many of you have this in Shul, but after Shachris, they go make Kiddush, and they come back for Shofar for Musaf. So this rabbi would have people come to his house, and then they would go to Shul to hear Shofar. And he would have this boy come to his house, he would make Kiddush, and then he would take this boy to Shul to hear Shofar. And then the kid didn't keep anything else, but he would come to hear Shofar. One year, this boy comes on his bicycle, he's not Shemr, Shemr Shabbos, and he comes to the rabbi, Rosh Hashanah night, knocks on the door, rabbi comes to the door, what are you doing at Rosh Hashanah night? There's no chauffeur. He says, no, I came to tell you that tomorrow is the biggest playoff basketball game. He, this guy was a superstar ball player. There's the biggest playoff basketball game, and they have scouts coming from the NBA, from colleges, to, to pick, you know, a good ball player, and I am the man. So, because the game's tomorrow at the same time as prayers, I'm not going to be here. I just want to let you know, I'm not coming tomorrow. And whatever, I'm going to miss this, you know, the blood. Next year, I'll come next year. Don't worry about it. Okay? What's the rabbi going to do? It's, he wasn't going to, the guy's the scouts, college, ball player. He's not going to, he's not going to, you know, what's he going to do? He tried to talk him into coming the next day. Can't miss this game. I know already who's coming, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, and all the big colleges. And this is my chance to get into a good college for free and then become NBA basketball player. Okay? I said, what can I do? Fine. Tell you the story short because it's an hour story. I told it to you in five minutes. I'll cut out all the details. So, okay, he gets on his bicycle the next day, and he's going to the gym. He's going to the public school to go to the game. He's driving. He's going across the road. All of a sudden, the car screeches. The tires are screeching, and he feels a bump on the bicycle, and he's laying on the floor. And people jump out of the cars, and people are jumping all out of the cars. I'm like, oh my god, he got really hit very hard, and he's not in a good place. And people in Marish, they can't even look at him. They're like, they can't look at him. They called 911. Ambulances are coming and everything else. And he's like, the, the competition, the other team probably me on purpose, so I can't play. It's a setup. The whole thing's a setup. I want to get up and play, but his legs are not working. His arms are not working. He's not, he's not getting up. I'll try not to be too graphic. So they come. The guy, EMS guy says, Oh my gosh, he's, he's gone. We have to try to save him. So they, you mean I'm gone? I'm not gone. I'm here. I'm not gone. I can talk. I can't walk, but I'm gone. I'm not gone. And he's talking, but they're not hearing. And he doesn't hop yet what happened. And they put him in the ambulance and they're going to the hospital and they're working on him. They're pumping him and they're doing and they're shocking him and they're doing everything they can. And he's like, he's like, come on guys, talk to me. Talk to me. How bad is it? What do I look like? I got to get up. Help me up. I want to see what I look like. Nobody's answering him. Everyone's ignoring him. All right. They get him into the hospital, get him into the operating room. Doctor's there. Doctor says, we lost him. He's, he's not alive anymore. And they cover him. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm talking. I hear every word that they're saying in the room. I'm not dead. What's it? Oh, they, maybe they set up a whole hospital, the opposing team. This is a bluff. This is like thing they do on TV, you know, emergency room. I'm talking. Nobody hears me. Then his mother and father walk into the room. They pull the sheet up. They start screaming and crying. Michael, 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 Michael. He's like, Ma, Dad, you can't be in on this. Why don't you talk to me? Nothing. Okay, I'm really, you have to be a little graphic because that's the only way the story comes over. But anyway, they take him downstairs to the morgue and they put him in the fridge and he's still talking and nobody's listening. 
and it's getting pretty cold. And then all of a sudden, everything goes dark. And like a second later, he's in a room. Now, I'm going to tell you, Michael told me the story. So I know the story from the guy that it happened to. Okay? So they put him into the morgue, and gets dark. All of a sudden, he's in a room. And there are three rabbis sitting at a table. He can only see their beards. A lot longer than mine. Long beards. He'll lace them over their heads. And there's like fiery eyes. And they're like, Michael, do you know where you are? He goes, no. He says, Michael, you're in heaven. What do you mean I'm in heaven? He says, you died. You got hit by a car and you died. And you're in heaven. And now it's time for judgment. Okay, how does that work? Well, we will use scale, two sides. First goes the good stuff you've done on the scale. Then goes the bad stuff you've done on the scale. Scale tips to the good, heaven. Still tips to the bad, hell. He said, but, but, but I didn't really keep much. I wasn't religious. We know. We know everything. You didn't know a lot of things. So it, it works for both sides. All right. And this is brought down in Kabbalah. Every mitzvah, that Kabbalah, it's a mission to pick the elders. What am I saying? Every angel you create, every time you do a mitzvah, you create an angel. Every time you do an avera, you create an angel. The angels that you create for mitzvahs are your defending angels. The angels that you create from averas are your prosecuting angels. Now, angels come in many different sizes. Let's say you did a big avera, right? But you weren't really into it. You weren't thinking about it. So you get an angel without a head. Mitzvah, same thing with tefillah. You did a mitzvah, but you weren't thinking about the mitzvah. You had no, no, no kavana. You get an angel without a head. You didn't really work with your hands to do the mitzvah. You have an angel without hands. You didn't run to do the mitzvah. You have an angel without feet. You create an angel, but some of them are very weird looking. Some of them are samurais, and some of them are skinny little guys. Every mitzvah is different depending on how you do it and what you thought. All right, Michael, Michael, all your mitzvahs come out. Big ones, little ones, tall ones, short ones. They all get on the scale. Scale has a lot of angels. He's a very nice boy, this boy. He didn't keep mitzvahs, but he's a nice boy. Help people. Good guy. Okay. Any other angels? Yes. By Jews, Machshaba Kemaisa. So even though he was from an irreligious family, there were many times he wanted to go to his Rebbe for Shabbos, you get credit. Somebody's collecting tzedakah, you come downstairs and they're gone, you get credit. You want to help someone and they leave, you get credit. By us, a Machshaba Kemaisa. When you want to do a mitzvah, it's like you did the mitzvah. So now all the Machshavas, and he, ha- he wanted to be from, he wanted to do the right thing. All the Machshavas came out to the scale. He had a huge, huge amount of good on the scale. All right. In walks this ugly, monstrous angel. Hi, Michael. I'm the angel of death. I am the devil. I am the Satan. I am going to take you and put you in the deepest part of Gehenna, and you will burn forever because you are mine. And he's like, uh, I hope not. And the angel, his defending angel says, let's see what happens. Don't let him make you crazy. Bad enough he does it when you're alive. All right. All the bad stuff he's ever done. All the things he shouldn't have looked on the internet. All the other stuff he did. Get on a scale. And you know, sometimes we do an Aveira, a sin with much more strength and kavana than a mitzvah. So he's got some big, heavy, fat angels that were whole. They weren't missing a head. We're missing an arm, and we're missing a leg, and they all get on the scale. And the scale is even. And they never had this in Shemayim. Perfectly 
That's all on there. Everything's on there. At the end of the whole cheshbin, right, all the pain and tra- right, trauma, it's all on there, and it's exactly even if they never had the situation. So Bezin's like, even? Like, that even? And the angel that runs the court case says, there's another angel coming down the hall. Really? And the angel of death says, black angel, it's a sinner. We win. Gehenna. And the other angel says, how do you know? Maybe it's a white angel. And we win. So he's standing like on a chair, looking down at the tunnel where the angels come in and screaming, white angel, white angel. And the Sutton's standing and saying, black angel, black angel. Yeah, it's happening. And the angel walks into the room. You never heard this story. And the angel, it's Yom Adin. It's what happened. Hello, every, 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 but this is what happens every Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Exactly this. Exactly this. You say in the sound of Torah, there's a scale, and they get the good and the bad and, and the ugly. And the angel walks into the room, and it's black and white, half and half. And the Sultan says, who are you? What are you? This is, we don't have this. Here comes the hard part of the whole story. And the angel looks at Michael and says, I am the angel of the chauffeur on Rosh Hashanah. No! I didn't go to my Rebbe's house. I went to the game. I missed chauffeur. And the angel starts to turn black. And he feels a hand, a claw, a hand on his shoulder. Yes! You're mine. And he wakes up. And he's sitting by his Rebbe's table the night of Rosh Hashanah. When he went to visit his Rebbe, he was very tired from practicing for the game the next day. And his Rebbe went to make Kiddush and he went to the kitchen and he dozed off. And this was his dream. And he wakes up and he says, his Rebbe says, what are you screaming? What are you screaming? No, what's going on? He goes, Rebbe, tomorrow? I'm coming to your house. I changed my mind. (laughs) Why'd you change your mind? He tells the Rebbe this story. He saw his din in Shemayim. How do I know the story? Because in camp, when I was a young boy, not so young, just a teenager, 14, I had a learning Rebbe, a counselor, who was a superstar ball player. And he told us this story because we were not learning in camp. We were busy with magnifying glasses, killing the ants on the table. We were busy with, boys I'm busy with. And he said, guys, guys, listen to me. That was a ball player. He was a ball player in camp also. He was very good. He said, I was a ball player and... My whole life changed when I realized that one word of Torah, one mitzvah, can tip that scale. Who's the angel walking down the hall in your life? Is he white or is he black? Sometimes that's the difference between life and death. So from now until Rosh Hashanah, create white angels, as many as you can, so that you don't have to go through this situation. and a good Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.